0: This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 8th Sunday of the year, the 26th of February. I'm someone who takes quite a long time to come to full consciousness in the mornings. I normally wake up without the help of an alarm clock, and when I do, I try to give my first thoughts to God. Then I turn on the radio and listen to Radio 3. When I've got the news headlines, I'm just about ready to stir, but it's getting more difficult and taking a bit longer each passing year. But I am grateful for those musical wake-up calls I get because they ease me into the day. And if it's music that I like that's being played, it puts me in the right frame of mind. Some of us need a more drastic wake-up call, and sometimes we need a jolt or a shock to make us move. In life sometimes we need those jolts or shocks to make us take stock and evaluate. These sometimes come as health scares or perhaps the kind and corrective words of a friend, pointing out to us a wrong path that we may be on. And Jesus often shocks us into a new level of awareness. In the Sermon on the Mount he does this by issuing a wake-up call in his radicalization of the teaching of the prophets. He's purposely Bringing the pendulum back in the opposite direction, by exaggerating things the other way. He's compelling us to think that something else might be the case. As he says at the beginning of the Gospel, regarding the serving of two masters, it's about mastery and slavery. He's compelling us to choose and to think about what it is that masters us. Everyone has something that is of ultimate importance, There'll be one centre of gravity for all of us, something we seek with all our hearts. Jesus is asking us to make God and God alone that focus, which doesn't mean God is calling everyone to become a monk or wanting everyone to lead a life of solitude with him in the desert. For some, that's what God does want. But what he is telling us is, put God unambiguously first. Just think about our London skyline as it is today. It's a very different skyline to what it looked like when I was a boy growing up. It's very different to what it looked like a hundred years ago, and very different indeed to what it looked like at the time of our English martyrs. Until the 20th century, it was the temples of God that dominated the skyline, as old prints of the city show. These were the centres of gravity for the people of our land. But what dominates the skyline now are the centres of commerce, the banks and the financial institutions, the temples of Mammon, which have become the new centres of gravity for the nation, the institutions that ensure our security and happiness on earth. It isn't hard to see that, but Jesus wants us to see that life is much more than worrying about our bodies, our food and clothing. If... Life is a gift from God, then it's under the loving providence of God. He has made us with a definite purpose in mind. He knows every molecule of our bodies, and so he can't ever forget us any more than a mother can forget her infant, as Isaiah says in the first reading. God cannot forget anything that he's made, and therefore our life has to be finally about him. If we place him first and foremost at the centre, then everything else will fall into place. That's why I find those words very consoling. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be given to you. God first, and then he will provide everything else we know and enjoy on earth. It's not either or. Christianity is both and. But our lives, sadly, tend to revolve around mammon which we allow to dominate us. When material things come into sharp focus, God goes into soft focus. If God is not in sharp focus, then material things will substitute for God and the things of God. And when that happens, we seek greater and greater happiness in stuff which by its very nature is passing and can't fulfil what we were made for. If God isn't the guiding principle of life, then we will look for more and more comfort in those things which make us more and more empty. So each year we get a special alarm call when Lent arrives, so that we can bring our lives back into sharper focus, into a God focus. And Lent begins on Wednesday, teaching us how to live seeking first the Kingdom of God. And I'd like to propose to you that we might live this Lent, seeing it as the joyful springtime of our souls, which is what it's meant to be. Lent shouldn't be seen as a time of pain or some inner torture that we put ourselves through. Because if that is our perception of Lent, then we need to look at how we live this Lent again. Lent is meant to be that joyful rejuvenation of our interior life by a joy-filled service of God and neighbour. So I suggest we live Lent by doing those things which make us truly joyful, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the really good news is, if we do that, everything else will be given to us besides, because we have his word for it. As we begin this Lenten pilgrimage to Easter, we turn to Mary, Mother of Hope, that she will help us to turn everything in our lives, as she did, towards seeking Jesus, finding him, and serving him. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, let neither the cares of this life, nor what we do, divert us from you so that the course of our lives may be always centred on your love and our trust in you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.